Hey podcast, this is episode 127 of the Speed Mentor Podcast with me, your host uh, Gavin Wall. Now, I'm probably sounding a wee bit hoarse, I'll do my best to get through this episode. I've just actually had my first sick day, my first work sick day in 22 years. My first day off sick, work sick in 22 years. That must be some sort of record, so I'm actually uh, trying to do this episode just in the middle of that sort of uh, sickness and mayhem in my life. But I'll do my best if I'm coughing and spluttering or you can't make me out because I'm too hoarse. My apologies in advance, but but here it goes anyway. I'm just wondering, first of all, what is happening in your world today? And just as we intro into this episode, I was thinking how important it is that you must be taking control of every element of your life and demonstrating radical ownership. So that you realise you're getting exactly what you deserve. Now I wish I could reach out and touch every one of you. And help you to start asking the right questions of yourself. To help you stop asking yourself the wrong questions. Stop asking yourself whether you can do something. Stop asking yourself about why you're likely to fail. Stop wondering why someone else deserves to be successful. Instead start embracing the truth. The freaking truth that you have infinite power inside yourself. But you've got to accept that. You've got to start asking yourself the right questions. Telling yourself that you can achieve and asking, how do I do this? How do I achieve this? How do I get over this hurdle? Who can I ask for help? What resource can I refer to? Um, So help will be on its way to, to, to work it out with me because you know what whatever it is that you're thinking about it has almost certainly been conquered by someone else and if someone else can conquer it then why the fuck can you not and by the way who told you that you couldn't conquer it other people was it other people or was it the voice inside your head either way stop listening to them listen to me you're a walrus A walrus in training perhaps. And you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. And I'm here to support you through that. But you know what? No matter what you set your mind to, you can't do it alone. And that's what this episode is all about. You cannot do it alone. You have to have a great team, great business partners, great suppliers, great advice and mentors. Because if you don't and you think that you can go this journey alone you'll soon find out that no journey was meant to be travelled alone. No journey of any significance for sure. And I have a little bit of news to share with you all. One of the rocks in my success in business is the relationship I have with the Henderson Group, which is a, a, a fantastic business, the Henderson Group right here in Northern Ireland, which owns the rights to the spa brand across Northern Ireland and Vivo and Eurospar too, for any of you who, who are further afield and don't know of the Henderson Group. Now, I've just completed 11 years with them, um, and in the last few days, I've just inked a new 10-year deal. Now, I'm just waiting for some of the legals to be finalised, and the Wall Group will trade with Hendersons for the forthcoming decade, um, into the 2020s, into the 2030s maybe, by the time this is all done. Now, to be honest... They had strong competition for my signature 
from other symbol groups including Musgraves, which own the Mace Centre and Supervalue brands here. Musgraves put up a strong showing to try and steal the business from under Henderson's noses, but ultimately I went with Henderson's and Spar, and I'm delighted to renew the relationship between the Wall Group and Henderson Group. Now anyway, I thought it might be timely to share some stories with you about the ups and the downs, the successes and the failures of my time with the Hendersons, and why ultimately I plumped for them for a further 10 years ahead, and why this is the type of thing, the relationships that you have in your business life, that you need to be thinking about who you're partnering with. Now I want to say this right at the top of the show, that I find it inconceivable that there is a better spar brand in any country or region in the world than the Hendersons. That's how highly I rate the Henderson Group. Their drive, their innovation, their business acumen, the wound that they create for you as a retailer, their belief in a legacy that's greater than themselves, puts them on a whole other level to a normal business. Now, these guys aren't in it for the money. They're in it for the legacy. Things are different when you're dealing with people like that. They think differently. They act differently. It's not about short-term wins. It's about long-term relationships with their partners, their suppliers, um, with the whole freaking country, in fact. And that exactly mirrors my approach to life and business. And it's in part why I love working with them. Now, your job as a trainee walrus listening to this podcast is to go out there and find the relationships which are just like that in your industry. They're pretty easy to spot, to be honest, when you know what your own values are. When you spend time working out what your values are, I don't mean by looking up a list of the top 20 values that any business should have that you'll find on the internet. No, I mean really spending time um, to do some deep work, to work those out, like we did for the change, and I talked about that recently, I think, in relation to the the legacy leadership quality uh, on the deliverables and sacrifice. Now, work yours out to see what it is that you actually want from your business and then find partners that match with what you desire. And when you form alliances, business relationships with like-minded travellers, then you will become unstoppable. So how the hell did my relationship start with the Henderson Group? Now, by the way, just before I get into that, they're about to break the 1 billion turnover barrier in the next year or so. Now, that's impressive for a wee country, or a wee company from a wee country like Northern Ireland. Now, just in case... You don't know my relationship. We didn't know uh, my relationship started with them 11 years ago. It actually started on the 19th of November 2008 when I unexpectedly left my career as a barrister. Well, unexpectedly for everyone else. Uh, probably my wife, but maybe not so unexpected for me. And I started trading uh, from what became the smallest spar store in Northern Ireland at just 468 square feet. Now, for those of you who don't know, I was a barrister who owned a lot of property, about 50 houses, several plots of land and a few commercial buildings, one of which was a tiny petrol filling station in North Belfast. The tenant sold illegal fuel from the petrol station and I got a phone call to go up there one day as HMRC was taking the fuel pumps out and putting them on the back of a low loader due to catching this moron selling laundered fuel. Now, I immediately offered to the customs officers that I would terminate the tenant's lease and come in and start trading from the site the very next day as I had a business itch that I wanted to scratch and this was the opportunity that I'd been waiting for. And thankfully thankfully for me, they agreed. 
<laughs> that that day is still I can still remember that day like it was yesterday and I, I don't know it's absolutely crazy but anyway if you'd seen the look on my wife's face when her barrister husband arrived home um, to tell her she was eight months pregnant at the time with our first um, uh, child and I said to her honey our new baby has arrived and it's not the one you're expecting um, uh, uh, what have you done this time she said to me what have you done this time and I said I've only just given birth to the wall group and that's what happened on the 19th of November 2008 now anyway two calls were immediately made at that time one to Nickel Fuels about getting good quality fuel delivered to the site uh, the next day and the second was to the Henderson group to ask them would they be interested in letting me brand as a spar store and taking a, a supply agreement with them purchase all my wholesale from them now the main competition at the time was Nisa and Musgraves but to be honest at the time I didn't think that either of them would be as good a fit as Henderson's so I was really keen to ink a deal with Henderson's now two interesting things happened then firstly I asked Henderson's what would success look like for them if I went with their brand now I always ask this question when I'm doing business with someone as it lets me know what success looks like for them and then I am able to overachieve because I know what success looks like for them. And I always do this and they'll be terribly impressed um, when you uh, smash that level of success that they're expecting and they'll want to do more business with you. It's really, really that simple, folks. I don't know why more people don't understand that because they're always worried about themselves. I'm worried about my partner on the other side. Now, then there was, I'm just going to go one wee story. I wanted to tell you about, and um, there was a time that uh, Jeffrey Agnew, now Jeffrey Agnew, he's fourth generation Agnew in this business, and there's a fifth uh, generation. His son, Andrew's actually in the business now, but Jeffrey Agnew, Jeffrey's tough. Jeffrey's tough. He has a brother called Martin in the business. It's almost like a good cop and a bad cop. Martin's a good cop. Jeffrey's a bad cop. Um, he can scare people. I know he can scare people. He never scared me. He's, he's always lovely to me, and um, maybe he's lovely to everyone. I don't know. But pe people, people are wary of Jeffrey. But do you know what? Only because he knows his shit. He know he knows retail like nobody you will ever come across. He is so into the detail. He drives this business on like nobody's um, business. Uh, that makes sense. And he's absolutely amazing leader in this business now. His father. Uh, Mr. John is still in the business also, but um, Jeffrey and Martin are the main drivers at the minute. Now, um, he paid funny when we went on. So after delivering massive success at that first store, I then took a second store um, with Henderson's and that was in a place called a Spar Ardoin. That was our second store. And he noticed, he came in one day and he noticed that I was taking the goods lift out of that store, taking out the goods lift. And he asked me, what the hell are you doing, Gavin? Um, I remember this was about 10 years ago and I said I'm taking out the goods lift and he said I going to get your groceries upstairs to the storeroom Gavin I said why would it bother bringing anything upstairs sure you deliver ambient groceries to me three times a week and you deliver fresh fresh produce to me um, six days a week I wouldn't want to put anything up in the storeroom now I'm going to treat this like um, a just in time supply chain that's what I said to him this is a just in uh, just-in-time supply chain. Now, remember, I knew very little about groceries at this time. I was only one year into my journey into the sector. I said, I, I said to Jeffrey, I, look, I spend 
Now, maybe I wasn't a good manager of retail stores. Maybe this is what the problem was. But I said to him, I spend every day watching staff go up and down in that bloody lift with little scraps of paper and lists of items they need to stock onto the shelves. And they go up and they go down and they spend all day in that bloody uh, lift with a wee list and a wee basket. In fact, it probably takes a couple of days to get the order properly stocked out after delivery from staff going up and down in that lift. And it's doing my freaking head in, Jeffrey. Now, I'm, I'm going to take the lift out and I'm going to put a subway store in the spot where the lift has been and I'm going to start sweating the acid. And he looked at me quizzically and he asked me, who's going to um, lease the subway store? Who's going to do the subway store for you? And I said to him, no, 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 I'm going to do the subway myself. I'll be the franchisee. Why would I rent the space out and get a rent for it when there can actually be a profit coming back into the business if I run it? Now, Jeffrey Agnew gave me a scowl. That must have been one of those wee scary ones he gives the people. And he said, what the hell's wrong with you, Gavin? <laughs> he says, one minute you're a barrister, the next day you're a retailer, and now you're a food-to-go franchisee. How come you can't make up your mind what you are? And I said straight back to him, we own the building. Why wouldn't I sweat the acid as much as possible? And he looked at me quizzically, and he moved on to examine the produce. But don't worry, Jeffrey is no freaking doser. I told you at the top, he knows his stuff. He sent someone. So Henderson's had never done something like that. And remember, I didn't know that you weren't meant to do this sort of stuff. I'd come from the outside, so I was just doing what I saw was right. So he sent someone to see me every year after that to ask me how the subway was performing in relation to the percentage of subway turnover compared to the spar turnover. And he kept a close eye on the removal of the storeroom space that I had introduced to Ardoin. Uh, and also I'd taken away the storage space in Landscape Filling Station. And the spar stores in the company stores um, started, funny, the, the um, storage rooms. Now, I'm not saying I was a full catalyst of this, but they were definitely using me as an example. Um, a little sort of experiment that, that wasn't costing them any money, except for the fact that I had less groceries. Hope this is making sense. Maybe it might be boring you, but anyway. So anyway, they reduced the size of their storage space in all their own stores, creating extra floor space after I started doing it. And then what did they do? Six years later, Spar, after having come and see me every single year for those six years to see how I was getting on with the subway, they opened their first subway franchise inside one of their own stores. You see? You see what happened there? So Jeffrey Agnew, with a great partnership, great relationship, um, I love what the Henderson people do. He saw that I was doing something that seemed a bit crazy at the time. He asked me about it. I explained thought I'd sweat the acid rather than just getting the rent. Instead of saying, oh, Gavin's a flipping Egypt, uh, he's just off doing his thing again. He sent somebody to see me every year for six years. I gave him, I shared, I didn't have to share the information with Henderson's uh, about what the subway was doing, but I did. Um, because ultimately that could actually be competition to me, but I'm not like that. So I shared that information and then ultimately um, they did their own um, subway store and they've done a few of them now. Uh, so that that's what we did there. And that's what great relationships are built upon. Now, when they avoided, I'm going to tell you a wee story now, a couple of wee stories just. Um, whenever I was doing The Greatest Showman in 2018, um, I wanted some people from the Henderson Group to actually join me at the event. Uh, and because I was showcasing the best of, of business and, and entrepreneurship in Northern Ireland. And the thought of 
people go on to The Greatest Showman was so scary to people at the Henderson Group that they actually ran a mile and hid from me. I couldn't get anybody to take a phone call from me for about two months because I knew I was going to be asking them to attend at The Greatest Showman. Now, I lost my shit over that. I really, really lost my shit. And it's probably the biggest um, uh, bump in the road I've ever had with Henderson's because The Greatest Showman was so important to me. I knew it was so important to Northern Ireland and changed mindsets in Northern Ireland that I was desperate to make sure I'd get my 200 people there. And I really fell out with Henderson's. I gave them a really, really tough time. I felt that let me down badly. And ultimately... To be fair, they made a massive donation to Northern Ireland Children's Hospice on the back of Let Me Down, which I think they knew that they had done. And there was a few mea culpas and apologies and all the rest of it. But do you know what the great news is? Do you know what the freaking great news is? And this is when you've got a really strong relationship. So we had a real falling out there. I give them a ton of shit for me believing that they let me down. But you know what happened? Because they're so strong, the bonds that they create, the womb that they create to protect their retailers... We rebuilt that over the year. And do you know what happened? I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Ten members from Sarah Halliday, a really, really senior member, and Nick Mark and a whole crowd of other ones. Ten of them came to the Greatest Showman event in 2019 um, to show that they're backing me all the way. Now, maybe they were just trying to get me over the line in relation to my 10-year deal with them, but who cares? They came and they supported me, and I absolutely love them and thank them for that. Now, we've had a great run together. The wall group reached... Uh, 10 stores across Spar, Subway and Yogi Berry in 8 years opening a store every 9 months for 8 years uh, through the total recession that we were having here in Northern Ireland uh, when I myself was totally penniless and without external funding for most of that and it was fantastic and a nourishing relationship with Henderson's that really got me through it so I'm asking you today I've given you a couple of stories there they're a wee bit rambling I'm not fully on form today because I'm a wee bit ill but I'm just saying to you just saying to you through this microphone, who are you partnering with? Are you partnering with someone or a business that's going to have a relationship like that in the long run, that's going to be there, who are definitely going to be there making a 10-year trip with you? I've just partnered recently, and that's the really important stuff. If you're partnering with people who look like they're fly-by-night, or you can see that they're cutting corners, or cost is the only thing that they're doing, um, that they're, they're, they're offering to you rather than value. Think about it now. So I've just partnered with Andrew Cuthbert and we've just started a 10-year trip with each other, a deep commitment to give it everything to our investees and investors and to each other as we disrupt the venture capital world here in Northern Ireland and then further afield. You must visualise this sort of stuff. Can you see them standing there with you, the, the person you're partnering with? Can you see them standing there with you at the finish line in a decade or two, hand in hand, celebrating and reminiscing with the person or business that you're thinking of partnering with? Now, if you can't see that, if you can't visualise that, don't be bothering starting the journey. Look, have you talked to them about how they see the future? What are their ambitions? Are their values aligned with yours? That's absolutely critical. If you're not then it will end in disaster. Now, I have been that person before who didn't ask the right questions, who didn't wonder if I, if I was value-aligned with a business partner, and in part it caused total destruction of everything I had financially, which was millions of pounds back in the day, leaving me destitute. Now, you've got to think about this stuff in the long term, about every big partnership you go into, whether it's your business partner or one of your major trading partners. Now, I was trying to come up with a 
a song about partnerships other than um, of the love of variety. And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't actually find anything. So you'll not be blessed with a Belfast hummingbird this week, which is really unfortunate for you. Now, maybe you can head over to Dickhead Island and I'm sure they'll be singing about some shite like Susudio by Phil Collins or something. That's the type of shite they like. Oh, anyway, I, I digress. Here's someone who knows how to build a relationship and has started on the right footing with a class five-star review of the Speed Mender podcast. And the man's name is Thomas Todd, who titles his review, Listening with Intent. Now, I have been listening to the Speed Mender podcast with interest and to date have enjoyed the inspiration they have given me. This has led to new motivations and understandings in my sales world. Thank you for all your massive efforts in their creation. Hashtag SpeedMender Retreat. Hashtag Massive Action. Hashtag Secret Sauce. Hashtag WWGD. What would Gavin do? Now thanks Thomas and good luck with your endeavours in the sales world. And thanks for recognising the work that I put in um, for all of you walruses on the pod. That's your lot for today. Why don't you hit me up on my social channels, particularly on LinkedIn and Insta, where I'm pretty busy at the minute. And whilst you're doing that, have a think about the relationships you're building. Are they the right type of people who share your values? Or are you just latching on to whoever, whoever is expedient to get you through the next short-term hurdle? Make the right decisions. It's down to you. Because as always, it's your choice. I'm a man on a mission.